MSW Media. Hi, this is Pat Oswalt. And this is Meredith Salinger. And you're listening to What We're Drinking with the very handsome Dan Dunn. <laughs> glug, glug. Glug, glug. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode number 209. That's right. Historic episode number 209. You want to know why it's historic? Because we've never gotten to 209 before. 208, sure. 207, 206. We did 205, 204. Should I keep going? No. Okay. Um, anyway, this is 209. Big one. And uh, when, when, it's, when it's a big show, we bring in the big guns. And coming with, all the way from from South Africa, Johannesburg, South Africa, he's joining us from, where he enjoys diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. It's Brad Jaffe. <laughs> nice lethal Thank weapon, you, too. Nice lethal weapon reference there. I How you like doing, that. man? Doing pretty well. Also, I, I think one of the few movies where the sequel is better than the original. I think that the second one was probably the best in the series. They introduce the Joe Pesci character. Um, and, you know, you really get to, you know, a lot of the taglines that I'm too old for this shit. That all comes. in. Yeah. One. And of course, obviously so the you. famous there. And you know what he says after he after he shoots Riggs and he tries to invoke diplomatic immunity. What does Murtaugh say? Oh man, that is or what a does really Murtaugh do? Question. What does he do and then say? Well, he shoots him in between the eyes. I remember he that. Is it's revoked? It's been revoked, That's motherfucker, right. or something right like here, that. Right, right. It's just been revoked. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, we got all the we got all the sound <laughs> effects here on what we're drinking. So, Brad, we're gonna jump right. Well, actually, quickly, what are you doing in Johannesburg? Cause you're all over the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely, lovely part of the world. Of course, I'm here checking out um, the folks uh, at Amarula. Are yes, you familiar with Amarula? Yes, I love Great it. It's from the Amarula tree, the cream uh, liqueur that yes, I love. The, love it. Yeah. Big fan. Yes. The Marula nut tree um, and uh, the elephants love this stuff and it is ripened between uh, the narrow window of January through March is when the, the uh, tree fruit is ripened and the elephants indicate that they let you know, they squeeze the juice, they make the distill out of it, they add cream and the Amarula folks uh, like to give back and uh, rehabilitate some of these uh, elephants that have gone through some, uh, some troubles. It's, it's, it's dangerous out there in the bush, you know? So you got to help the elephants out. Well, I'm glad you could join us, man. I know it's late there. So we're going to dive right in to uh, what this episode is about. So uh, as you know, Brad, uh, I go to a lot of bars. It's a uh, byproduct of being a member in good standing, as you are, of the international boozing press. Now, over the years, certain similarities have emerged between these bars. Upon noticing this, 
I realized further research was in order. So, uh, and then a couple weeks later, I remembered what the similarities were. Again, it's, it's drinking. My brain goes. Anyway, the process just keeps going over and over. It's like the circle of life, Brad, only drunker. And now, after several decades of remembering to try and figure it out, I have finally done it. I have determined that there are precisely 10 kinds of bar in the world, Brad. 10. And I call them barkatypes. Yeah, barkatypes. Seems like a listicle is forthcoming. (laughs) It is, and that's what you're here for, to comment. And to give the last 20-some years of my drinking some modicum of meaning, I'm about to tell you about the 10 barkatypes. And I'm calling this list. I I tried to call it. You got a name? You got a name, Brad? What would you call this list? Uh, well, Barkatypes is, is really good to begin with, but you want some sort of subtitle to go along with that. Well, you know what? I'll just jump ahead and tell you what it is. Notes toward an ontological exploration of the 10 Barkatypes and the flora and fauna pertaining thereunto. Sounds important, doesn't it? Yeah. Is this a David Foster (laughs) Wallace novel? (laughs) Yes. All right. Here we go, Brad. And and I'm going to lay it out what they are. And then you are going to lay some expertise on us. And you can feel free to disagree with me. Feel free to, to quibble, quarrel, or just say you're a genius, Dan, whatever you want to do. So the number one bar, and these are in no particular order, but number one on our list of barkatypes is the neighborhood dive. Now, the neighborhood dive is a no-frills joint Owned and operated by a native son with a name like Grady or Mac. You call him by his last you, name. You don't know what it could be last, could be first. He's just Grady yeah. or Mac. That's all you got. Yeah. And these bars are open every day from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. Or in New York and other places even later than that. And they cater to a tightly knit, fiercely loyal clientele that revel in the camaraderie, the cheap drinks, and proximity to home. Beyond being a temple of worship for the local sports franchises, a neighborhood dive never purports to have a concept or a theme. See what I'm doing there, Brad? I'm putting the quote air quotations, yeah, concept theme. There's no food to speak of, save maybe some pretzels on the bar. And if you dislike mm-hmm. E. coli, I would advise staying away. Uh, there's a pegboard with maybe right. some packages of chips and, and sometimes a jar filled with pickled eggs. Yeah, or jelly deals if you live in my country. Uh, Now, with the possible exception (laughs) of replacing a worn-out dartboard or updating the jukebox selections every decade or so, neighborhood dives don't keep up with the times. They're enduring reminders that the more things change, the more working-class drinkers remain the same. They are places of poetry, and I love them dearly. How about you, Brad? Yeah, and... I feel like you miss like one of the hallmark features of the neighborhood dive, which is that inexplicably um, your feet stick to the ground with every step that you take through the neighborhood. One hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? There's just this, this latent stickiness that it's just you know that stickiness has been there since you know the Carter administration, and there is no amount of mopping that is can that can be done to remove the. Stickiness. I did address floor issues in another type of bar later on, but that is a good point. The stickiness, you can never, you know, unless we have one here in in Venice called Hinano, which is a classic, that, and they have the sawdust mm-hmm. on the floor. 
See, that's the trick. If you right. just put the sawdust on the floor or peanut shells in some bars, it kind of mops up the yeah. stickiness. I think there's still a little bit of uh, Jim Morrison's vomit uh, caked on the floor know. somewhere there in the corner. <laughs> um, now, I so. I, the other thing I love about uh, dive bars is you'll see this, the signs that are hanging. They're n- oftentimes not politically correct, but the signs will be hanging on the wall and they'll say shit like, if you're drinking to forget, please pay in advance. We don't serve women. You have to bring your own. Uh, you can't drink all day yeah. if you don't start in the morning. Shit like that, right? I mean- yeah, it's like it's what the kids would have referred to as like chuggy because it's like you buy these signs that say like live life, live, love, laugh kind of thing that a middle aged woman would put in her kitchen. This is the equivalent of that for uh, sad old men that are frequenting these <laughs> well, places. Remember the ones they I, they used to have the ones, I guess they're not relevant anymore in the age of cell phones, but it used to be the one where if your wife is calling you know, the, the various charges for what they're going to say. If the wife calls the bar, haven't seen them all day, that's $5. You know, it, it was what they're going to charge you to lie to your significant other. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. The good side. All right. So that's number one, Brad, do you, you okay with that? I mean, it's a place, Dan, where everybody knows that's your name. Right. That is exactly right. All right. Now the next one kind of along the lines of what you just touched on there. Number two on the list of bark types. I have, the pub. Now you may be asking yourself, Brad, how does a pub differ from dive bars? Are you asking yourself that? That's exact thing. I mean, get outside of my head, man. I mean, it's, it's, um, well, here's the thing. I think pubs are usually larger, cleaner. They're a little more tourist tolerant. And when I say tourist, I mean, anyone who didn't grow up within a three block radius of the place. Okay. They tend to be cozy spots where a lot of drinking still gets done, but you're, far less likely to see someone projectile vomit on his wife, get beat up by a teamster, collapse and die of liver failure, you know. Right. And and there is a, uh, first of all, a collection, a slight uh, collection of food items or what could pass as food. Um, and there is also an earnest attempt, I would say, to make a cocktail, you know, whereas in, in the neighborhood dive, like they're giving you a whiskey and soda, they're giving you, you know, vodka and Sprite, but here they might just make you an Irish right. coffee. And the food thing too, like you usually get a good greasy cheeseburger at the very least at, at, a, mm-hmm. at a pub. And oh, another thing yeah. too is if, if at the pubs, you got the, the cool people, the total jag off ratio is usually hovers around 10 to one. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what neighborhood you're in, Dan, because in Venice, I'm going to make it more like seven to three, that ratio. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because, well, and another yeah, thing you got to keep in getting... mind too, you could completely disregard the ratio if the pub has a karaoke night. In that case, the ratio reverses. Apple and depending, <laughs> yeah, depending on the frequency of said karaoke night, you may actually want to consider downgrading this place's rating from a pub to a plastic bar and we'll get to that later a plastic bar uh, yeah oh, we're gonna do that okay. and don't even get me started on on open mic yeah, nights. No, stay away oh my god yeah especially here because in la you get all the people that actually want to be on the voice and and they give it of it's course, not even yeah. you don't even get the fun of them fucking sucking you know they suck but they totally, suck they yeah. good suck and good suck is worse than just fucking sucking you just described the Venezuela. That's it. That's it. All <laughs> right. Next, next one. Uh, number three on the list, Brad, the high concept bar. 
right? And I know you've been to some of these. These are built upon a central idea that sometimes is clever, but more often tiresome after the novelty wears off. And that usually takes about a week. So, uh, the, for instance, these sprout up in major metropolitan areas like here, New York, Paris, maybe Johannesburg, where there's an ample supply of tourists looking for expensive thrills or arrogant twits who believe they're more sophisticated than Philistines like us, and they got to prove it by embracing the latest in nightlife novelty, nightlife novelties. And I'll give you an example, Brad, and I, and I believe you probably have been here. A long time ago, I was dragged by a publicist to the Ice Cube Bar in Paris, okay? Where for somewhere... <laughs> I've never, you been, never there. been there. Okay. Well, I've never for been. somewhere in the neighborhood of a week's salary, and luckily I wasn't paying, publicist, uh, I got to dress up like an Arctic explorer and spend 20 minutes doing vodka shooters inside a fucking bleak frozen chamber made entirely of ice you've had to have done this before okay no? so i have i have done that before not in paris that is uh something you know it's also cryotherapy so you're doubling down there you're getting the therapy that you need to work off the alcohol that you're consuming when you said ice bar i thought your good friend our good friend camper english had something to do with it but um he, he would only be making the cubes no, this is you're in the cube doing stuff. this that's that's the thing and yeah you are the cube <laughs> well, by the time you I mean, the publicist, like, she maintained that freezing my dick off to catch a buzz was a, I remember she said, authentic experience like no other. And I'm like, it, it, <laughs> it did seem like it wasn't an authentic experience like no other. It seemed an awful lot like another highly authentic experience. It's called being homeless in the winter, right? That's what it felt like in there. It's just a lot more expensive. So there are, I think... And again, you travel more than I do. There are plenty of examples of these high concept bars gone wrong. And one that pops right. into my head is the, it's now been shuttered, but it was called the Hobbit House. In It was a Tolkien themed joint in Manila. It was staffed by little people okay. decked out like Bilbo Baggins. Have you ever heard of this place or been there? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I've I've not been, um, but I do not uh, uh, condone or advocate uh, the, you know, um, subjugation or the, um, shall we say, I don't know, this is, it seems like, unless these people were very happy, these little people were happy to be there, it, you know, it seems like you're kind of, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Dan? I don't know, it's late uh, over here. It's problematic, problematic but you know least, what? Hey. But, Everybody needs a job, Brad. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm That's saying. True. All right. If you knew some of the things I did for money, well, you probably do know some of them. Uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> I will admit this. There are a few high concept bars that are just too awesome and original be dismissed. Uh, do you know of the Skeleton Bar in, in Switzerland? Gruyere, uh, no. What is it? Gruyere? The cheese? It's the... It's this oh, yeah. Gruyere. Gruyere. So it is, uh, this is a bar that was designed by H.R. Geiger. The guy who, you know, won the Oscar for the alien production design and he did the Dead Kennedys right. Frankenchrist album. So it's very like, very sci-fi. It looks like a boneyard. It's like, uh, you know, you go in and it looks like you're in the rib cage of an alien. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That actually sounds And then there was cool. something uh, twisted about uh, sitting in a wheelchair, sucking cocktails out of IV bags, which is precisely what goes down at this place called the Clinic Bar in downtown Singapore, or closer to home, Brad, getting a manicure under an old school hairdryer at the Beauty Bar in New York City. 
Yeah, I like uh, there's a place I think it's called uh, the Dude or the Big Lebowski Bar um, in. Oh, Reykjavik. there's one in Glasgow too. Yeah. There's one in Reykjavik, there's one in Reykjavik where you know they're uh, you know obviously they're giving you 20 different permutations of a White Russian, and there's all this ephemera on the wall referencing um, that the famous uh, Coen Brothers film, um, and then one of their great drinks that they make there is a White Russian that has cocoa puffs in it, Whoa, um, and so I don't know awesome. how. They just make a white Russian and put cocoa puffs on top. Oh my yeah, god, exactly, that sounds so yeah. good. I'm gonna do that now. I have to do this. <laughs> Say so. Themes don't have to be bad. No, no. no. I mean, here's the point. They, we... they, 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 you're right. But, but just keep in mind for every one of those, or every skeleton bar, every Lebowski's, there's ten rodeo bars and ten uh, Waikiki Wallies. And so the bottom line, I think, Brad, is when in doubt, just stay the fuck away. That's what I say. <laughs> All right. Now, here's one that I know. Number four on our list, Brad, is one that you are all too familiar with. And that is the hotel bar. Yeah. Ah, some of the best bars right? in the world. They, they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, but what I would say about the hotel yeah. bar, they have one defining characteristic that unites them all. And that is this. Call girl? <laughs> yes, and two. Make it two. Uh, and along the same vein, uh, hotel bars are always located within stumbling distance of a bedroom. And that means possibilities, Brad. Not all of them good, but possibilities. Mm -hmm. So I ask you. Which goes back to rule one that I was saying that they're, you know, the call girls tend to congregate yes. there. Well, let me ask you. You be, I mean, you yeah. do a, more traveling than anybody I know journeys with jaffe that's your that's your instagram handle that's how much you travel give me just off the top of your head some of your favorite hotel bars i mean you know i'm spending a lot of time in london these days and that is i would say uh maybe the epicenter ground zero of the premier hotel bar so you have connaught bar you have dukes um which is in the duke hotel and they make the most fantastic martini you have uh claridges you have the savoy um, right isn't the american savoy? bar yeah okay right. yeah yeah the savoy is the the american bar uh the list goes on and on there when it comes to hotel bars but um in in new york we've got some pretty great ones as well i was just uh staying at the the Amman. Uh, which is uh, a very, very high-end bar, or excuse me, very high-end hotel that has, uh, where, you know, Dan, when Dan comes to stay in New York, he only stays at five stars and yes. above. And so they have a jazz club in there uh, with incredible cocktails that are themed from around the world. Well, you just mentioned um, that when I was big, there big uh, last time when I did the show at The Stand, I stayed at the Kimpton on 30th and 6th, and there's a pop-up in there that I went to and oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of it already, <laughs> but it was a, you'll know it. Shit. I was just there. My God, drinking. Oh, in, oh, oh, you're talking about uh, angels, yes, angels, uh, angels in the, in, in yeah, the Kimpton. Yeah, yeah, and what course. a, what a bar, man. Yeah. What a, I mean, some of the best cocktails I've yeah, had. Yeah. I didn't realize that that's, I didn't realize you stayed. Yeah. So it's like the eventy hotel. I forget that. Yeah. It's a Kimpton property. Uh, they tell you, they, they upgraded week. me to, I was in the presidential suite. It was the biggest hotel room I've ever been in in my life. The balcony was bigger than any apartment I'd ever been in in New York City. That's how, you know, it was, it was nuts. So, yeah. Wow. This place well, is bigger than our whole apartment. It was great. So, What's that from, Dan? Uh, I don't know. What's the wall. The wall. The, oh, in, the, in, in, in pink, pink, right before the, when they do, um, 
and he uh, starts smashing everything yes, apart. You know, yes, 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 the wall. Bob Geldof was in that. Okay, so now here we go. Number five, we're halfway through the list here, Brad, already. Number five is uh, the vertical bar. Now, these are places that cater to a highly specific clientele, i.e. bikers, leather enthusiasts, Pokemon obsessives, fur wearers, little people, furry little people, or fans furry of- Furry little bikers. Yeah, furry little bikers, or fans of 80s synth pop bands. Now, I mentioned that last one because a long time ago, while in the Estonian capital of Tallinn, I went to a subterranean waterhole called the DM Bar, B-A-A-R, that was devoted entirely, entirely to the musical stylings of Depeche Mode. (laughs) Swear to God. That bar was kind of like your your own personal Jesus. As it turns out. I just can get enough of the DM bar. Yeah. It's if you want to experience, have you been there, Brent, by the way? I've never been to Tallinn. I really want to go to Estonia. You're a very traveled man yourself. Dan. Well, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you the trek to Northern Europe. Here's how you can simulate this for yourself. Just hole up with 30 people, several bottles of vodka in a dark basement while songs of faith and devotion plays on perpetual loop at high volume. All right. (laughs) And then, how long do you think it takes before someone snaps? Uh, um, probably the third rotation. Well, if the you're part of the thing. regular clientele at that bar, I would say never. But if you're mm-hmm. a lonely, horny, vodka-soaked booze journalist dicking around Eastern Europe, well, like I was, the answer is 26 minutes and 53 seconds. I seriously considered calling the consulate and ordering a daisy cutter strike, Brad, just to make sure we stop this infection before it spread. It, it seems to me like my conception of Boise, Idaho feels like it's a lot like that. Just everybody in very tight leather blasting Depeche Mode on 80s boom boxes that they're carrying on their shoulder. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's just, <laughs> I think of Boise. I, I've never been to Boise. You've been there? I, I've driven through. Okay. That's probably the I only way to, down. that's the best way to experience Boise, is to drive through it at high speed. Yeah. Now, uh, and by the way, apologies to all two people in Idaho listening to this. Now we're going to take a famous potatoes. You can't take that away. That's right. That's right. We're going to take a quick break and you're going to want to listen to these spots because there's deals aplenty from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back with Brad Jaffe and we're going to wrap up our list of the Barkatypes. Oh boy, am I excited to announce that one of our original sponsors, that's right, an OG, I guess it would be an OS, right? Original sponsor. Okay, sure. With us from the beginning, they took a little break and now they're back in the mix and I'm talking about Rabbit Hole. My go-to for American whiskey, Rabbit Hole makes bourbon and rye in extremely small batches. We're only talking 15 barrels or less at this amazing distillery. They have smack dab in the middle, downtown Louisville, Kentucky. 
and Rabbit Hole's recipes are totally unique. They were created by their founder, a guy named Kaveh, personal friend of mine, one of the coolest guys in the bourbon business. Kaveh and his team at Rabbit Hole spare no expense making their bourbon and rye. They have their own cooking methods. They use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, and they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which almost nobody does anymore. And what you end up with by doing that is a line of bourbon and rye, these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. And right now, Rabbit Hole's offering a special deal for my listeners. You get $5 off your first order if you order through Drizzly. That's right, get it delivered through Drizzly and enter code RABBIT. You get $5 off your first order. And trust me on this, folks, you're going to want to get in there and order that right now. Get that Rabbit Hole. Can we play around with my voice a little bit, put a little sound effect on there? Oh yeah, that's it. All right. The dictionary defines fresh as recently made or obtained, not canned, frozen, or otherwise preserved. And that same dictionary defines victor as one that defeats an enemy or opponent. This is fitting because when you combine the words fresh and victor, you get a line of all-natural clean-label cocktail mixers that kicks all the other mixers' asses. Fresh Victor is like the Liam Neeson of mixers. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Well, yeah, if great taste could kill, then damn right, Liam Neeson. Fresh Victor features a bunch of unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with no waste. None. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a deal to my listeners that should be taken immediately. Go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code FVDAN20. That's FreshVictorDan20. FVDAN20. You get 20% off your order. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. All right. Well, hey, Brett, welcome back. How's everything going over there in, in Johannesburg? Still good? Well, I've got a whole new list of products that I want to purchase now that I've listened to these wonderful uh, spots that you have on there. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you paid attention. I, I drifted off, uh, actually, when it was happening, but I'm glad you were paying attention. Now, Brett, this already I'm getting tweets and texts are coming in. People are loving this list. It's crazy because we're recording this. It hasn't even aired yet, but somehow they know we're doing it and they're and they're reaching out to me to tell By me. The, what what date is this? What date does this air? Two days after the Super Bowl. So don't even. Oh man, I'm so I'm so sorry about your your Eagles, man. You I'm so sorry. no, we won. I'm gonna leave this in. No matter what happens, I'm leaving this in. We won the game, and all I did was that's why I'm feeling. If you're listening and I sound a little bit drowsy, it's because I was partying course, yeah. my ass off since Sunday when we won the Super Bowl. If, at one of these archetypes, I can one imagine of the that you're going to have which is coming. Sports bar at some it's point. It's coming. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'd like to see. Uh, let me. Let, let me before we. Yeah, good point. We got five left. Just throw out your guesses. What are the five kinds? I mean, definitely sports bar has to be on there. Right. I, I don't know if you counted speakeasy as separate from like the concept bar. We'll um, it's kind of like a a sub sub tangent of the concept, the played out concept. Um, so yeah, themed, uh, so sports bar con and then, uh, speakeasy, um, I don't know, uh, D bag bar. Is that, is that it? We'll see. We'll see. I'm just letting you guess. Throw out two more. 
Um, so then like the, the power broker bar where like, this is like douchebag bar, but you know, we're like all like the power brokers are going to and drinking their martinis, uh, where their power lunches and how many more times can I say power in that descriptor? I don't know. Um, and then finally let's go with, uh, the gay bar. Well, I don't, I mean, do they, well, that's a good point. I, I wonder if that still exists. We'll talk about that in a minute, but here, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Is something supposed to be playing? Oh, can you not hear that? Yeah, it's probably only playing in your headphones. Oh, never mind. I was playing Pour Some Sugar on Me. That was a hint. Oh, some Def Leppard? Um, so like an 80s bar? We'll see. Is that a thing? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Here we go. <laughs> but well, you'll, you'll know once I say it now. All right, number six, and I think you touched on this in some, in some shape or form, the full of itself bar. Now, mm-hmm, I considered call, uh, rolling the full of itself in with the vertical bars, but then I decided it needed its own category, primarily because these places are specifically aimed at that slice of humanity that fancies themselves drinks connoisseurs. Okay. okay. I'm talking about the bars that purport to bring a science and a purism and a sense of history to the creation of cocktails. So you kind of said it with, you know, the speakeasy. Molecular mixology. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. In in these places in 2023, no less, you will still hear people refer to bartending as mixology. You're also very likely to be charged $25 per drink, which is great when they're great. But this little trendlet has attracted a lot of posers, as you know, Brad. And when these places are bad, they are fucking hideous. And they're not any less expensive either for for shortcoming. The last thing you want when you're trying to enjoy a relaxing drink is either smug superiority from the bartender or a member of the waitstaff insisting on telling you about the fair trade origin of the drink's blood orange saffron shrub. Just shut the fuck up and make with the alcohol fetching, will you? What the hell is going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? You know, it was really funny is that um, the other day I had an experience where I was having one of sitting down in a bar like this as I have to professionally. And I wanted to know what this spot was going to be like. And it's one of these things where the bartender, actually the mixologist, excuse me, comes down. Uh, he had just waxed his handlebars mustache and, and he sat down with us and talked through a, the entire menu with us. And we had a good cocktail. It was fine. But afterwards we just needed to go to like the local pub uh, the number two thing on your list uh, to just like wash the taste out of our mouth and just like, you know, mingle with the the common folk. It was exactly the analog of like when you have one of these tweezer meals from a Michelin star place oh, yeah. and you just <laughs> get out of there and have a pizza afterwards or yeah. a burger, you know, it's that ex- same exact thing where it's like, okay, like we get it, but I just want a beer now. Just give me a Guinness, please. You're right. It, like, you know, you're in these places. Like, turn off the fucking Gershwin music, first of all. How about a how about a comfortable chair? Why is it yeah. in these? They always have to get clever with the seating. Like you get, they do the stools that don't have the footrest, but that makes me fucking yeah, crazy. Or or the you know chairs that look like they were out of some East German torture thing that you're sitting in, and it's like, what about a, just a comfortable chair right now? And by the way, yeah. I have to re, I have to say this, and Brad, I think you're with me on this. A lot of these places employ, they're wonderful. 
and they employed some of our favorite people in the world, right? Like, uh, you know, I don't want to get my drink spit in next time you and I go to like Nomad or something. Fuck, you know, it's, but it's more a time and a place kind of thing, you know, where it's like it does have a time and a place, and especially if it's executed properly. But even when executed as well as it possibly can be, um, these types of uh, call them mixology dens are not a place that I want to drink in five nights a week. Whereas my local pub, I could go to every single night of the week. And I think a lot of that's just attitude. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fucking bar, right? Like wherever it is, it's a bar. And some of these places, it's like, hey, look, you're not the private quarters at Buckingham Palace. You know what I mean? Like just know why we're here. And it's exactly what you just said is you just want to go somewhere where you're comfortable and you can chill out. And that's why you don't go to these places five nights a week because- you have to muster up the, you know, the stamina to, to, yeah. to stay there, you know, and just be like, all right, put up with it. And build up, accrue, accrue the, the figures in your bank account, too. To <laughs> exactly right. All right. So now uh, we're up to, uh, what are we up to? We're losing. Wait, did I skip one? Oh, eight. Wait, wait. <laughs> eight. Hold on. I think I, I think skipped I one. <laughs> wait, that was, wait, what was that one? No, that was. Uh, that was the high-minded. Six was the full of what? itself. Seven, seven, wait, what the hell did I just do? I forget. That was the full of itself. Okay. I don't know. I think I skipped one. (laughs) Whatever. The next one. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is the plastic bar. Now, lately, my friends and I have taken a call on these places, Tucker Carlson bars, which is to say the plastic bar was born without a soul. You Mm -hmm. might know them as fern bars or yuppie bars or that place with the frozen daiquiri machine. But while they may not have authenticity on their side, they do have booze. So let's not get too hung up on technicalities. You got to treat the plastic bar the same way you treat a museum exhibit, Brad. You speak softly, don't touch anything, and leave as quickly as possible. And you may only have sex with things you find inside the plastic bar. You can have sex with them, but only one time. Okay. So speak softly and carry a big stick in more ways than one. <laughs> I mean, what would you what would you call the plastic bar? Do you have another uh another term? I don't I don't know that I've even um been to because I, I, I don't drink very often with Tucker Carlson or with um, the Fox News set. So, you know, you, you it's just an artificial there there's no soul to it, but maybe they're making you kind of feel like this is, you know, like a um a TGI Friday bar or like a Cheers bar or something that's not the actual Cheers bar. Is that what you're saying? Like it's like a more of a movie set than it is an actual place where you would want to spend time. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a, that's okay. yes, you've nailed it. Um all right. I think I know where I skipped. I think I got it. You ready? I'm ready. What number are we on? I think we're on eight. How did I? I don't know. What am I doing? Uh, oh, I got it. I see okay, what we'll I've done. I see what I've done. The plastic bar was number seven. And now number eight. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. All right, we got this. Number eight, Brad. We're going to get through this Professional together. operation. I'm running over here. Number eight. And that's why I played pour some sugar on me is the strip club. <laughs> Come on, man. Where that do we get? That is defined as a bar. Yeah, well, where do we, you got your mandatory two drink minimums for watered down cocktails. Got your and, mandatory buffet. Yeah. 
uh, $20 glasses of fruit punch masquerading as Mai Tais that you're obliged to buy the stripper who's charging you 20 more for every three minutes of grinding robotically on your lap to some hip hop tune from 25 years ago. Uh, you throw in all manner of creeps, pimps, punks, skanks. And what have you got, Brad? What have you got? A multi billion dollar industry that generates more money per year than theater, opera, ballet, jazz, and classical music concerts combined. By the way, I'm relieved about this, frankly, Brad, because a world in which people pay more to see an anorexic perform a pirouette than they do to see a ripe pair of melons is no world I want to live in. Oh, behave. As Chris Rock famously said, there is no sex in the champagne room. That's true. And the other thing is, if you're looking to get any serious drinking done, don't do it in the strip club unless you oh, no, no, no. unless you just sold your startup your... to Google or something. Yeah. Yeah. But you've already done your serious drinking like nobody's beginning. You have to be a real degenerate to begin your evening at this type of establishment. This is where the you know polite society finishes their night after they've gotten drunk at literally every single one of the last seven types of bars that you mentioned. Then they get to bar eight, and that is where they spend their time until six in the morning when their uh, You're wife right. is- It's a good know. point. Now, I want to address, before I move on, we only got two more, but I do want to address what you said earlier. Now, this is, the, you mentioned the gay bar. So this- we'll bring it back to Venice again. We had a place on Abikini called Roosterfish, which for the longest time was the only gay bar, one of the only gay bars on the West side of Los Angeles. And I remember at some point when Venice started to gentrify the straights like me started going into Roosterfish. And I started, I used to feel guilty and now Roosterfish really isn't a gay bar. So my point is, is are gay bars still necessary at this point? Um, it's interesting. I have a story coming out on this topic pretty soon for vine pairs. So I don't want to, uh, give too much away on that topic, but, um, I would say that yes, but they are evolving, uh, in the sense that, you know, back in the day, they were kind of these seedy dens, um, as you know, LGBT community being pushed out to the fringes and, you know, marginalized, uh, marginalization of, of the community. And now it is, you know, like you say, maybe it's not necessary, but also it is not something that has to be like in an alleyway somewhere, you know, like you can have a gay bar front and center, um, anywhere. Okay. Decision has been made. Gay bar is now number nine. We have stepped up our barkotype flip to 11. That was number nine. (laughs) So now number 10, the live music joint. These places barely qualify as bars because trying to order a drink at a live music joint is kind of like trying to secure a bowl of gruel at a Calcutta soup kitchen, right? You got to be prepared to hold your own against a crush of sweaty, alcohol-starved humanity. Mother Teresa's been in her grave right now. <laughs> well, then there's the oral assault that is the experimental rage core, uh, quartet that's playing, you know, like Friends of the Friend Who Dragged You yeah. There. And the independent, the indie rock fans that get exponentially more annoying for every minute you age past 30. Also, like, like you say, there's just no way that you're getting drinks at the clip that you want to get them at because it is it is war to, to bell your way up there. And be seen by the bartender. Sometimes you just got to literally like hold like a twenty or fifty dollar bill up in the air, um, which is never a good idea in a crowded space. Um, but you know uh, there have been good examples. Uh, your your boy Dan Aykroyd obviously was uh, behind uh, making House of Blues the thing that it was, and I would say that was a pretty cool spot for a little while until it wasn't right. 
But you bring up an interesting point about trying to get the drink. The other issue too is then you got to get back to your spot where you were and everybody's hating on you because you're like, they think you're trying to push in front of them, but you're like, I would, no, no, I was already up there towards the stage. And you know, you start getting fucking dirty looks and people throwing shade at you or maybe throwing some elbows at you. Yeah. It's no, a, there's elbows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, well, I stepped on my foot. You well, this is the thing foot, you, you mentioned earlier, the sticky floors in the dive bar. I would say this, um, that you do not under any circumstances ever wear open toe shoes to the live music okay. joint, especially if you plan on using the bathroom. Just saying. You're a grown man, and I don't think you should be wearing open-toed footwear in public, period. That's true. I don't, but some people do. All right, now listen. You're a croc guy. You seem like a croc guy. I know it's late over there in Johannesburg. I want to get you out of here. So we're going to go to Thank now. You. It was number 10. It's now number 11. The final one on our list of bark types is the sports bar. Now, in addition to being the bark type responsible for the second highest number of divorces, sports bars are also a factor in a large number of DUI arrests, full-scale brawls, illegal gambling rings, chicken wing choking incidents. As a result, men can't get enough of them. (laughs) This is because men, while occasionally sweet and erudite, are complete assholes most of the time. And with the exception of a few really messed up sex clubs... There's nowhere a man can tap into his inner asshole more completely than a place where the menus are shaped like goalie masks and feature meals named after ballparks and Heisman Trophy winners. Right. And you can sit in, you know, an old arena uh, bench, right? And and hopefully you Sorry. pee in the trough from the old Fenway Park. Yeah. Well, Fenway is still the old Fenway Park, but maybe they took one of those troughs out of their bathroom and they hopefully put it into the bathroom here. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this in fairness. So I did once have a transcendent dining experience at a Hooters in South Florida. This might have had something to do with the fact the Eagles were beating the Giants in a divisional round playoff game. Sorry, Brad. And our waitress insisted on calling me babe and giving me a peck on the cheek every time she came to check and make sure we had enough beer. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe it's possible those things made me elevate my pasta testa verde with marinara sauce and peppers to legendary status. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that you could qualify hooters as a sports bar oh, that's fuck, interesting yeah. i would think that that's yeah i like yeah. i mean hooters really does have phenomenal wings also just one final note with the sports bar there's kind of a subset of the sports bar which is the unintentional sports bar where it really isn't sport themed at all except for one day of the week where it is the congregation it's like the unofficial steelers bar in in la or it's the unofficial cleveland browns bar in houston texas right and so no other day during the week would that constitute a sports bar maybe they don't even show football any other day of the week but everybody knows and has found out that this is where they it's an expat bar other expats exactly that that, maybe that's one we could (laughs) another one well another question quickly before we go is uh uh, is does a wine bar count as its own category? I just feel like if it only serves wine, it's not really a bar. Yeah. If you are only offering stemware as your vessel of choice, then yeah. it's not a bar. We have we have agreed. No. Expat bar will leave, we'll table that. We'll come back to that one later in a future episode. Wine bar's out. So now we have 11 archetypes, everybody. If you go to Instagram at the imbiber, I might put a list up. I might even put them all up there so you can see them. I'll certainly put up some video content of Brad and I, the the, the revelry that we've had here on the show today. Brad's on a time lock. He's got to get out. Uh, That's what he was telling me early on. He said, I can't do more than 45 minutes. And we just got there. Brad, where do people find you on the social media? 
Uh, journeys with Jaffe, journeys underscore with underscore Jaffe. Um, I am a consummate, consummate uh, Twitter and Instagrammer. And, uh, you know, follow my journeys, follow my stories. You know, you can always find it. I know you're always hyping me up. I was at one point your uh, roving reporter at large. We still are, um, but still are. I just okay, didn't. Good, so. I didn't want to give you a big head by by pointing okay, that out okay. on the show. But you, you'll always you you still are and always will be. And as always, I invite you guys to follow me at the Imbiber on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast has a, a one two on Instagram. WWD underscore podcast. I, don't know, I barely take care of it. Uh, go to my YouTube channel. Put some stuff up there. What we're drinking with Dan Dunn. And until next time, Brad. Any words of wisdom to leave the uh, the listeners with? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go hit up that Depeche Mode bar. Uh, right about now i've got my leather steamed i don't know if you steam the leather but um you know just enjoy enjoy your drinks whatever you're doing wherever you are just make sure you enjoy it enjoy yourself it's later than you think enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink the years go by as quickly as a wink Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you think.